Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So if you're 35 years old, the COO of Teal Capital, you're working for a billionaire, you're probably making bank yourself as a result of that. Why run for Senate? We're going to ask my next guest that question. His name is Blake Masters. He is running for Senate in Arizona. This is a guy who has lived his life in, in a lot of the startup world. He's running as a disruptor. I mean, he's raised a ton of campaign cash off of things like NFTs. And so I want to ask him and really get to the heart of how do you want to disrupt Congress? What do you want to do? This is also someone who's really made waves with a lot of the things he said, like this ad. The Second Amendment is not about duck hunting. It's about protecting your family and your country. What's the first thing the Taliban did when Joe Biden handed them Afghanistan? They took away people's guns. That's how it works. So isn't it weird to hear someone actually just speak the truth? Isn't that the whole point? of the Second Amendment to protect us from tyranny. I mean, you look at authoritarian regimes, you look at when communism takes over, what do they do? They shut down the press, they shut down free speech, and they take away your guns. So honesty is refreshing, and that's what Blake Masters does. He's really honest. He, he recently came under attack for saying that the gender pay gap was a left-wing narrative, also true. But so many Republicans are afraid to say things like that. Why? It's a really fascinating interview with someone who has already done a lot in his life. He's an author as well, uh, who's already accomplished a lot and wants to do more possibly as a United States senator. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation with a, a fascinating person. So stay tuned for my interview with Blake Masters. Blake Masters, thanks so much for joining the show. 
My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So, Blake, you are 35 years old. You are the president of the Peter Thiel Foundation, COO of Thiel Capital. I assume you are making bank and crushing it. Why run for Senate? It's a good question. A lot of my friends ask that. They're like, dude, what's wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> but you know what? It, it just seems like the most important thing I could be doing. You know, I don't mean for that to sound cliche. I literally think we are losing this country. Um, I just said yesterday, uh, it pains me to say it, but at this rate, America is on track to become a third world country by the time my boys, who are eight and six and two years old, are in high school. And that's not okay with me. You know, Arizona is not a purple state. It's not a blue state. But somehow we have two Democrat senators. And uh, I just thought, let me, let me hit pause on this business career because I can go in. I can beat Mark Kelly. Uh, and I can make a change. I can, I can actually show the kind of new leadership that we need. So it feels important. I thought I'd be good at it. I think I'm showing I'm the guy who can beat Mark Kelly. And, uh, and here I am. You know, and so you got involved in Peter Thiel's world. Well, obviously, everyone knows he's been involved in politics. He's a billionaire, co-founded PayPal. When you were attending class and he was teaching about startups and you were a student at Stanford and you started posting these detailed notes on the line, which ended up leading the groundwork for a book that you co-authored with Peter Thiel called Zero to One Notes on Startup or How to Build the Future. What was he saying that you found so interesting in, in terms of you know posting it online and sharing it with everyone else? Honestly, it was just fresh and original content. You know, I'd been to a lot of classes up until that point, all of high school, all of undergrad, most of law school. And, you know, the professors, they're smart people, but mainly they're just telling you about what's in some book, you know, and it's very formulaic. And all of a sudden, here's Peter Thiel. You know, this was, uh, I guess, 2011. When, when I met him, when he first taught a class. And, you know, all I knew is he was successful. He had founded PayPal. You know, he was a billionaire. Congratulations. That's great. But he wasn't just, like, telling war stories from PayPal. There was some of that. But, you know, one class we're talking about peak oil and what the future of energy was going to look like. Uh, and then the next class session, we'd be doing some, you know, textual exegesis from an obscure Abraham Lincoln speech, you know. And then the next section, we're talking about nuclear energy. And, and and this is just he was kind of all over the place. But after three or four class sessions, I realized, no, it wasn't all over the place. He had uh, formulated, you know, these different cuts, these different angles uh, of looking at the world. And all this stuff was tying together. And it was fascinating to see sort of fresh and original content uh, from somebody. It stuck out. And I knew, man, this guy, he's, he's uh, thinking about things uh, in a different way, in a next level way. This is exciting. I better take notes. I mean, I'm not going to lie, Blake. I wouldn't mind being a billionaire. <laughs> but, you know, so, you know, if you look at Congress, it's it's mostly, you know, old and, and boring people. And you're sort of talking about how, you know, Peter was disruptive and that sort of intrigued you. I mean, you're kind of running as this disruptive force running for Senate. I mean, you've you've fundraised off of NFTs, which is entirely different than, you know, most people running for Senate do. How do you think someone as young as you with sort of this smart, this startup mentality. How, how do you plan on disrupting Congress? Well, it's really interesting because I think the same old playbook just so obviously doesn't work anymore, right? It's like you, you have some good people in Congress, but not most of them. And I just, I, it's so, it's so boring. It's just follow the process, follow the process. Nobody wants to debate substance anymore. Nobody wants to try anything new. Um, and, and 
you know, on the one hand, I'm very conservative. I believe in the timeless principles that this country was founded on. I believe in our original design, in our in our constitution. Um, and so there's something very old about that, obviously. But we got to get back to that. And I don't think you get back to that just by following where politics uh, has been going as if on autopilot. You know, I'm tired of zombie Republicans that just want to get in line and listen to whatever ship, uh, whatever leadership says and, and who don't want to innovate. I think we need fresh thinking. I think we need new thinking. And so I'm just trying to run a bold campaign, um, try to be as bold as possible, say the truth as I see it. Uh, methodologically, we're trying to innovate, right? I had to get creative with fundraising. Um, and so, yeah, we sold some NFTs and, you know, I offered some, some dinners just right on Twitter. I said, hey, if you want to donate the maximum amount to my campaign, you can come have dinner with me and Peter Thiel, you know, and, and that got good uptake. We've had some fantastic uh, dinner conversations um, as an innovative way to, to raise money. And so I'm just trying to do new things. Uh, and I think once I get there, you know, I'm going to continue. That's when the real work begins. I don't think the sort of go along to get along Republicanism makes sense anymore. I'm tired of Republicans who just want to play defense while they let the left set the agenda. Well, I, I totally agree with you. And that's why I wanted to have you on this podcast and why I'm interested in your candidacy. I mean, we're, we're sort of we're entering into this post-truth world where boys can be girls, girls can be boy, boys where, you know, nothing is truth anymore. Right. And so what I appreciate about what you're doing is you, you say the truth, which is almost sadly controversial these days. You know, for instance, you just came under attack uh, for talking about the gender uh, pay gap and saying it's a left wing narrative. It's not real. Were you surprised by the reaction that those comments got? I mean, not really. I guess I'm surprised that, you know, they acted like it was this gotcha. This was a public forum that we had all the Senate candidates, except Bernadette. She doesn't show up to these things. But most of us were there. And, uh, you know, we got asked this question about the Equal Rights Amendment. Um, sort of an idiosyncratic question. It's not like I'm going out and campaigning on the, the gender pay gap myth every day. But, you know, when I'm asked a question, I don't just pivot to safe talking points. I just, again, I say the truth as I see it. And so I got asked this question and back in February, and it was a public forum, right? I knew it was being recorded and it's in front of hundreds of people. But I just said the truth, which is that in this country, men and women, they're not paid different amounts for equal work. If you actually know how to measure this stuff and you can get it, you can get the statistics from you know, the government's website. Um, women are paid about the same as men when you control uh, for, for choices, when you control for um, you know, who's doing the jobs and, and what their relative skill levels are. And so it's just a myth. And I said that. And so what happened clearly was this is the week where all the left wing media just started to attack me. And so this was in some Democrat operatives oppo file. They fed it to MSNBC. MSNBC published the video. They thought it would be this huge gotcha. And it turns out everybody, you know, in the in the Twitter comments, everybody on social media is just like, actually, Blake's sort of right about that. You know, they haven't updated their talking points from 15 months ago. And so I think we are 15 years ago. And so I think this whole thing was actually net positive for me. They're giving me attention, pretending like the truth that I'm saying is, is you know, some horrible thing. Actually, it's just true. Well, and it was hilarious because I can't remember which article it was, but they're trying to dispute you. And they're like, well, some say this, but like there's also, you know, like it wasn't really outright disputing you. I mean, they were almost proving your point that, you know, it, it's not a, an apples to apples or, you know, there's other variants involved, which is essentially what you were saying is when you look at all variants, it's not a, a true narrative. But it, it was funny because they, they didn't really dispute your case. But 
You know, and, and you've sort of made waves. I mean, you had a campaign ad about the Second Amendment, which I played in the intro for our, our audience. And what you were saying is that you said the Second Amendment is not about duck hunting. It's about preventing or protecting your family and country. You know, what's the first thing the Taliban did when Joe Biden handed them Afghanistan? They took away people's guns. I mean, you were right about the Second Amendment as a defense against tyranny. Do you think more people understand that now having gone through COVID? 100%. Everything you saw with that? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, Republicans already had guns. I think conservatives, especially in Arizona, we already had guns. If you look at who bought guns for the first time during the COVID pandemic, you know, when people are tuning in to CNN and CNN is saying, hey, these protests, they're mostly peaceful in 2020. Meanwhile, you know, in the back of the reporter, there's just like police precincts being lit on fire. Uh, I think a lot of independents and even a lot of Democrats are like, uh oh, police are coming under attack doesn't feel so good. Maybe I'll go out and buy a gun. And so I think the gun control thing is, is completely dead. Um, obviously, the left still wants to disarm uh, normal law-abiding American citizens, but I don't think that's going to happen anymore. And, and, and we can't let up. We have to prosecute the case. But the Second Amendment, it's not about hunting. You know, and I'm tired of Republicans just making ads, you know, TV commercials, where they put on the camouflage and the, and the orange safety vests, and they're going out and shooting, you know, uh, some, some trap or something. I'm fine with hunting. I'm fine for sporting use of firearms, obviously. But the real point of the Second Amendment is political. It's to defend yourself against threats, ultimately against government tyranny. And it pisses the left off when you say that. And to them, it's like nails on a chalkboard. But again, it's simply true. It's bold, it's provocative, and I think that's the sweet spot. That's where Republican messaging needs to be. Well, and I think that's what a lot of Republicans don't understand is if, and what you know, you've understood, what President Trump understood, what Governor DeSantis understands is that when you go on offense, Republicans can win on a lot of these issues, but for far too long Republicans kind of cowered to the the media and you know bought into these fake premises and were so afraid of their own shadows, and I think Republicans are finally starting to get it. But we need more people like you. We need more people like Governor DeSantis and Trump who are, are fighting back and, you know, going on offense. And ultimately, I think that's the path forward for Republicans. I 100 percent agree. And, you know, I always like to contrast the 2012 presidential election with the 2016 election. You know, Mitt Romney, I think, when he lost in 2012, one reason was because he was just too damn nice. You know, and I'm not saying you should go out of your way to be mean to people for no reason, but you can't can't be so nice, so obsessed with your own niceness that you crave the attention and the adoration and the respect of the media. Because most of the corporate media at this point, is just really bad. Most of it is left wing. Um, you can best think of these people as like extensions of the modern Democratic Party. And so when Mitt Romney was terrified in 2012 about being called a racist, right? And he was running against Obama. He was just so nice. It was like, oh, Mr. Obama is a good man and I'm a good man. And we have some good faith policy disagreements. And that was just, he, he misread what was happening. That was the save the country election. And, and so he lost and, you know, they called him racist anyway, by the way, right? Like they called him literally Hitler and, and he just, he just caved. And then four years later, along comes president Trump, right? Then candidate Trump. He came down the escalator and he knew that they were going to hit him with everything and he didn't care. I don't think Mitt Romney's racist, to be clear. I know Trump's not racist, but Trump knew that they were going to call him that. And he let it beat off him like water, right? Because they're going to say this. You just got to go forward. You got to go right through it. You got to prosecute that bold agenda. You can't care about seeking 
the adoration of the modern media. And, and when you play offense, not only uh, do voters reward you, but then you can actually get stuff done. And that is just so important. Well, and to your point, I think that the difference between Mitt Romney and President Trump is, you know, when Mitt Romney, I mean, he was also accused of being sexist and his response was, well, I have binders full of women, which then kind of makes you feel like, well, maybe you are. So, you know, like, I don't know. You're sort of by, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like you're playing defense. No, actually, I have lots of black (laughs) friends. You know, it's weird. What? Yeah. No, it's you can't can't accept the left wing frame. You can't be caught on your heels. Well, and like Trump, I remember I think it was like one of his first interviews after he had won when he was president. And it was with. Um, oh, crap. I'm blanking on the dude's name from. Uh, oh, I can see his face. ABC, David Muir. And um, I'm glad I got that because I would have bothered me if I couldn't remember. And he was asking Trump about the women's march. And then President Trump's response was like, yeah, well, March for Life is coming up, but you never cover that. And his face like dropped because they're not used to that kind of response where you're just like blatantly not buying into this BS narrative that they're pushing. So, you know, that was a game changer. And I'm glad to see, you know, Republicans have, have sort of changed that. Uh, but you've also made waves on you know a lot of other issues as well. We've seen recently with this Roe versus Wade fight, uh, you would say that you actually don't believe states should have the right to permit abortions. You know, talk about that stance a little bit more in depth for for the audience. Yeah, well, you hear so many Republicans saying, I think just the bare minimum on this issue because it can be controversial and and they want to play it safe. And so I think the safe course, what political consultants would encourage people to say, is like, you know, let's hope the Supreme Court overturns. Roe v. Wade, which obviously it should, and and then let's return the issue to the states. You know, they use this sort of federalist language, federalism, uh, to, to try to just get off the hook. And to be clear, I, I hope that the Supreme Court case um, in Dobbs, I hope it comes down like that leaked opinion suggested it would. I hope they reverse Roe v. Wade. But I don't think you can simply return the issue to the states, because I don't think that California or Oregon should allow Planned Parenthood to go in at seven or eight months in utero and, you know, kill babies, sever spinal cords and and dismember babies. Um, And that's what the left really does want to do, to be clear, right? Just, uh, was it two days ago? Every single Democrat senator, except Joe Manchin, but all the rest of them voted to legalize abortion. They said they were codifying Roe v. Wade, right? But that's not what it did. It went so much further than that. That bill would have legalized abortion nationwide, up until the moment of birth, which is just something that 80 or 90 percent of Americans know is horrible. It's murderous. It's basically like, you know, delivery room uh, execution. And so they're just radical on this issue. And I think at some point the federal government's got to step in and protect life. I know there's going to be debate in Congress about where should that, where should that be. Um, but let's have that debate because the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, like it says, you know, all Americans have the right to life and liberty and you can't deprive them of that without due process. Well, to me, it's harder to imagine a greater deprivation of due process than basically being dismembered before you have the chance to take your first breath. And so at least when we're talking about like late term and partial birth abortion, no, I think the federal government needs to step in and ban that. They have these bogus talking points like my body, my choice, but that doesn't apply when you're talking about another life that is involved in this situation. Like when I didn't get the vaccine, that is truly my body, my choice. When you're talking about another child being involved, that that just that's not a true narrative. I mean, that's just a, a blatant lie. But, you know, we, we look at this leak, this unprecedented leak out of the Supreme Court We've seen the left really just try to take down institutions. 
uh, really burned these pillars that hold a civilized society up to the ground. What does that mean for the Supreme Court moving forward? I believe this has never, ever happened before, right? Like, this is truly unprecedented. And, you know, you look at public polling, the Supreme Court is more trusted than almost any other institution uh, in the country. And so the left is just chipping away at all the institutions. Now they're, they're really hacking away at the legitimacy of the Supreme Court itself. Um, this was clearly an attempt to intimidate the more conservative justices on the Supreme Court. And we have to pray that it doesn't work. But then again, Jen Psaki is inviting people to break federal law and go protest outside of these judges' homes to intimidate them, try to get them to, to cow and, you know, retract that, uh, that reversal of Roe. And so this is really dangerous. I mean, we are right on the precipice of all-out sort of mob rule. And it's two-tier justice system, right? This erosion of the rule of law that we see under Democrat rule. It's really dangerous. Like, how crazy is it that in the summer of 2020, if you were a BLM or Antifa activist in Minneapolis, you could burn down buildings, you could burn down a police precinct, and nothing bad would happen to you. And if you did happen to get handcuffed, Kamala Harris's bail fund would bail you out. You know, and c- contrast that to, uh, I mean, obviously, if any conservative did, it, did that, if anybody protested outside of Sonia Sotomayor's house wearing a MAGA hat, you know, they'd be uh, prosecuted by this Biden DOJ. They wouldn't see the, the sun for 20 years. They'd be thrown in federal prison. And so this erosion of the rule of law is really dangerous. But again, Biden doesn't care. They wanted that to leak. For all I know, they had a hand in it. You know, it's just really crazy, uncharted waters. Well, I mean, for all we know, a, a Supreme Court justice, you know, had a hand in it or at least knew about it. I mean, it would I mean, I think it'd be somewhat hard to imagine that there wasn't some sort of tacit approval in the, the leaking. That would be so bad. I mean, that would be grounds for for impeaching the, the justice. I even have a hard time believing that a justice would sign off on that even one of the, the hyper-liberal ones. But but I think the Supreme Court clerk, at a minimum, right, like the the best theory is that a super-liberal, super-super-pro-abortion Supreme Court clerk who had access to this, you know, draft opinion leaked it in order to intimidate and change the result. Um, man, I hope a justice wasn't involved. If so, that would just be a really, really bad sign for this country. Quick commercial break. More with Blake Masters, who's running for Senate in Arizona. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melody. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Well, you know, when we're talking about the rule of law and you'd mentioned Kamala Harris, I mean, this is someone, as you pointed out, encouraging, you know, bailing out uh, rioters. But on top of that, she told Jacob Blake she was proud of him. This is a guy who pulled a knife on a police officer, resisted arrest, showed up at the house of a, of a woman he had previously sexually assaulted. <laughs> uh, and she said she was proud of him. I mean, if that doesn't really tell you everything about today's left, I, I don't really know what does. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's always it's always um, the left against the average law abiding American and and the left in in favor of anything that's going to disrupt public order, whether it's, uh, you know, criminals in Chicago. They don't want to do anything about people shooting each other in Chicago, but they do want to disarm you and me. You know, they don't want to do anything about the lawlessness at our southern border. You can cross that line with impunity. But if you step over the line and become a mere trespasser, in Washington, D.C. at the Capitol on January 6th, no, 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 the FBI is going to hunt you down and treat you as a domestic terrorist, right? You can't get any breast milk or you can't get, excuse me, you can't get any formula, baby formula in this country. The shelves are bare in most grocery stores. But about the only people who do have access to baby formula are illegal aliens at these well-stocked facilities along the southern border. It's always just Americans last, and people are sick of it. Yeah, but we don't have a right to defend our borders, but Ukraine does. And you said this recently about the $40 billion in aid that Congress is trying to provide Ukraine. You said no ceasefire. It means another foreign war where we are paying for everything. Why do you think, or do our leaders want this to continue in Ukraine? And if so, why? I think they do. You know, I think it's, you know, a lot of it is just... um, lazy deference to the foreign policy blob, which never saw a word didn't like, you know, a lot of it, um, you know, maybe if you can focus on problems abroad that have no chance of getting solved, then it just distracts from all the problems at home that they're actually responsible for. I don't know, but I think a a lot of the people in charge, of course, uh, are are more of a globalist orientation. They have this internationalist view 
they want to run the world. They're not content to just, you know, try to make America a better place. And so to them, it's very logical. $40 billion for Ukraine, why not? Um, but I think to normal people, people who see that we've got our own problems to deal with in America, people who have become rightfully very skeptical of U.S. involvement in foreign wars after the Iraq experience, after the Afghanistan experience, and go on and on, after Libya, right? Um, I think Washington, D.C. is just so out of step with what normal people want here. And everybody, you know, nobody thinks the invasion was good. I think Putin is a thug. Um, I think the invasion is murderous and bad. And I don't progress the Ukrainian people for wanting to fight back. It's, like, good for them. Um, any intervention we make should be narrowly tailored to get to a ceasefire, right? We want that war to stop. Uh, the risk is if we just fund a proxy war, it's going to escalate into a possible all-out war between nuclear powers. But they call you a pro-Putin stooge, you know, if you say, hey, maybe we shouldn't just rush into World War III. Um, but now just on the raw financial contribution alone, and this isn't the first time, right? Back in March, Congress already gave $13.6 billion to Ukraine. That's now just $40 billion more. But then they wanted to say that $8 billion for a border wall to secure our own border with Mexico. No, 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 that was too expensive. And so, again, it's just America last, and I think people are getting tired of it. Do you think Republicans need changes in leadership? I do. I think we need new leadership uh, basically across the board. I mean, it's one huge reason why I'm running for office. Um, obviously, I, I can't run for majority leader my first term in the Senate, and, you know, I you got to know how the place works before you can do that. But people say, Blake, will you vote for Mitch McConnell? I'm honest with people. I say he, he might get another term. He probably will. If I had to guess, I'm not sure anyone's going to run against him. But I hope to be able to vote for a viable alternative. Um, I'd love to see Majority Leader Josh Hawley, Majority Leader Tom Cotton. Um, I, you know, I do think we need new leadership. I don't think Mitch McConnell's bad at everything. He's good at judges. He's good at blocking Democrats occasionally. Um, but that's not enough. You know, I, when we inaugurated President Trump, January 2017, it's like, boom, okay, this guy was elected as a change agent. Now it's time to implement that awesome MAGA America First agenda. And we mostly couldn't do it, right? Because you had Paul Ryan in the House. You had Mitch McConnell in the Senate. And they didn't want to implement that agenda. And so what did we get? We got a tax cut. Now, I like the tax cut. I'm happy we got the tax cut. I like low taxes. But while we should be the party of low taxes, we can't just be the party of low taxes. You know, if that's all we have to offer, well, the progressive left is just going to crush us and they're going to take over. And pretty soon, not only will we not have low taxes because they're going to just raise them sky high, we're not even going to have a country. And so we need new leadership. I only want to vote for a majority leader that's serious about implementing an America first agenda. And I don't mind saying that straight to Mitch McConnell. Well, it's ultra MAGA now. I don't know if you saw there was a report in The Washington Post. Apparently, reappropriating MAGA to ultra MAGA was the result of a six month research effort by liberal groups. Uh, that's what they came up with after six months, evidently. <laughs> They're just doing our favors, right? And Biden is calling President Trump the great MAGA king. They're coming up with some pretty good branding ideas. Yeah. It sounds like some sort of delicious beer or something very cool that you like ultra MAGA. I mean, I, I think there should be hats. And I mean, it sounds like it's it's, a, you know, something interesting you want to be a part of. We'll take it. We'll take it. And Biden said Biden said one correct thing recently, one correct thing only. He said, this is not your father's Republican Party anymore. And it's like, yeah, dude, it's not. You know, you can call us whatever you want. Call us ultra MAGA. 
we'll wear it as a badge of pride, but we're serious about putting America first. And we're, we acknowledge, I think the progressive left drives the dysfunction. To be clear, I mostly blame them, but I'm also happy to blame establishment Republicans who have lost touch with the people who are no longer delivering for everyday Americans. And so if you want to call that ultra MAGA, if you want to call that populist, like call it whatever you want, but we're serious and we are remaking the Republican Party in this more uh, pro-Trump, pro-America first direction. Well, we also can't use old school tactics when we're dealing with the radical left that we're seeing now that is perfectly willing to burn things to the ground like we're seeing them outside of Supreme Court justices house. I mean, we're just dealing with a different it's a different fight, you know, so it, it has to change. Yeah, I, I'm sure you saw MSNBC host Ari Mar- Melber was talking about Elon Musk taking over Twitter. <laughs> and he was talking about how Musk could secretly ban people or turn down the reach of a major party or major a major party's candidate which is completely ironic because that's exactly what happened heading into 2020 and what they did to President Trump and Republicans. You know, I I know taking on big tech has been one of your signature issues beyond just what we saw with the Hunter Biden story. You know, talk about what big tech does to manipulate what we see and read and, you know, what needs to be done. Well, the amount of control that these companies have, these huge uh, and they're all left wing networked monopolies the amount of control that they have over the flow of information in our society is staggering right i I think just with the hunter biden's laptop story alone with that corporate censorship that probably swung the election from president trump to president biden that was just one of many ways i think in which we had an unfree and unfair election um you know but they banned president trump they banned congresswoman marjorie taylor Greene from Twitter. And of course, she's in the House, so she's a public official, but she's always running for re-election because the terms are just two years. And so that's election interference. And how have we gotten to this point where we're going to let a handful of left-wing multinational corporations put their thumb on the scale and decide who our elected representatives are going to be? If you let that happen, you can fix every other problem we have. You could imagine securing the border and tightening up uh, inflation, getting it back under control. You can fix everything but if you don't have free and fair elections, if, if Google is just going to choose who the next president is going to be, you don't have a free country. And so I think we need to restrain these companies. You hear a lot about Section 230, you know, and people ask me, should we uh, should we radically reform it or or eliminate those protections? And the answer is yes, absolutely. Right. If you are putting your thumb on the scale and censoring conservatives, you're acting like a publisher. Congratulations. We're going to treat you like a publisher. We're not going to give you platform immunity from lawsuits. The problem is, I don't think that goes nearly far enough. I think that solves like 5% of the problem. Uh, I think you've got to treat companies like Facebook and Twitter as common carriers. You know, um, you basically just ban them from discriminating based on politics. I think we should treat them more like the phone company. The phone company would probably love to listen in to you and I having this conversation right now and say, oh, this is too conservative. Uh, We don't like it. Let's shut them down. They'd probably love to do that, but we don't allow them to do that. We ban that kind of political discrimination by law. And so why on earth would we not hold Facebook and Twitter to the same standard that we hold the phone company, right? So that's what playing offense looks like. I also think we need to embed software engineers. Our Congress needs to uh, convene an investigative team, and I can personally oversee it. And we need to embed software engineers in Google weeks before an election to make sure that the Google engineers aren't tweaking their search engine algorithms in ways that are going to rig the election for the for the Democrats. I think if you don't do this kind of stuff, 
um, you're just going to let these left-wing multinational big tech companies dominate everything. And we know which way they swing. Uh, we won't have any free speech at all in this country if we don't get a handle on it now. Well, and the online censorship really started when President Trump won the 2016 election because I, I can't remember the Facebook guy's name, but one of the execs was basically attributing Trump's win to his use of Facebook and being able to use these tools effectively. And that was when the left got really interested in trying to shut those kinds of accounts down and shutting down that reach. That's right. I think they got caught. They, they got caught sleeping. You know, they, they, they thought they were just so smug. And so many of those liberals were smug, right? They thought Hillary Clinton was going to win. They made fun of Trump. They said Trump had no chance. And then, boom, he won. It wasn't Russia. It wasn't any of that BS. But, yeah, they knew how to effectively use Facebook ads. And they got their message out, and it was a better message. And, and Trump won in 2016. And then you saw the whole machine, right? The mainstream media, big tech, um, they all just went into hyper hyperdrive and and it was this crazy sort of information warfare for many years they were screaming about russia 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 screaming about collusion i think as late as 2019 nancy pelosi was saying that the 2016 election was rigged in favor of president trump i mean completely delusional stuff but i think that big tech didn't want to let that happen again you know google i think they got caught asleep at the wheel in 2016 they didn't want it to happen again in 2020, which is why I'm pretty sure they got involved with manipulating search results. Zuckerberg, right, he was very sensitive. After 2016, the whole left was criticizing Zuckerberg for allowing Trump to run those Facebook ads. They blamed Zuckerberg for Trump's win. And so I think he massively overcorrected, probably in very illegal ways, in 2020, right? He spent $420 million of personal cash on so-called neutral election administration, right? But he basically went into this giant left-wing, get-out-the-vote, ballot-harvesting operation, run through these, you know, fake nonprofits that we need to investigate. And so they massively overcorrected, and I think that it was just kind of obvious what they did in 2020. Well, and you also saw how difficult it is when you look at some of these issues when he was asked point blank how he defines hate speech and when he was in front of Congress and he, he couldn't define it. Right. So it's like, how do you how do you try to you know regulate or crack down on something that you can't even define yourself? So, you know, therein lies the problem, which is why we should just go towards free speech and, you know, just allow people to say you know more things without uh, retribution. You know, I wanted to ask you, so you and your wife homeschool your children. I think a lot of parents now, especially seeing how the DOJ is quite literally targeting parents uh, who are standing up for their kids. We're, we're seeing how schools are indoctrinating children. So I, I think a lot of parents agree with, you know, you and your wife homeschooling children, sort of seeing how the public school systems work. You know, Walk us through how you and your wife came to that decision and why you came to that decision. Well, we've always been super pro homeschooling. You know, I wrote my, uh, whatever the law school equivalent of a big thesis paper, I wrote that on homeschooling and why I thought homeschooling uh, was a constitutional right protected uh, by our Constitution, or certainly ought to be. And, you know, we, when you have kids, you know, you start looking around at, this, at the world and, and, and uh, man, what's, the, what's happening in the schools? And it just got so bad so fast that we felt like, hey, we, we have to try this. You know, we, look, we're uniquely blessed. Um, I've had a successful business career, so we could literally afford to homeschool the kids. My wife, you know, stays at home with the kids and, and we can afford to do that, which is something I'd wish, I'd, it's a choice that I'd wish for every single 
parent because we get to feel in charge, right? Homeschooling is not for everybody. Catherine was a preschool teacher before we had kids, so she feels well-suited to it. But whether you homeschool or whether you just find the right, you know, charter school or, or, or parochial school, whatever it is, we just want parents to feel in charge because it's so easy right now. You look at this curriculum, the toxic left-wing curriculum that you see. It's not in every single school, but, man, it's in so many of them. And the pattern is clear. This woke ideology has infected so many K through 12 institutions and it's metastasizing like cancer. You know, we, we, we found out that the public school near us doesn't even say the pledge of allegiance. And I just remember I went to public school until sixth grade and man, we said the pledge of allegiance every day, you know, and I remember in 1992, I must've been in first or second grade. I was learning about MLK and it's supposed to be about the content of your character, not the color of your skin. Right. Well, fast forward 30 years later, apparently the left is teaching kids the opposite. Right. They're teaching, uh, you know, various forms of of critical race theory. And, you know, sometimes they call it diversity, equity and inclusion. But whatever it is, they're teaching kids to identify with each other in racial terms. Right. You're a victim and, and you're an oppressor based on the color of your skin. That's the opposite of what we should be teaching them. Right. They're teaching them uh, fake history, the 1619 history curriculum which is trying to tell kids that this country is somehow irredeemably evil or irredeemably racist. Um, and you can throw out the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, you know, because Thomas Jefferson owned slaves or whatever. And if you teach a generation of young people to hate their country, like it's going to take and it's going to ruin that whole generation. It's going to ruin the country. And now I think the final straw for so many parents is this perverse gender or sexual ideology that so many of these so-called educators are pushing on our kids. You know, it's not an overstatement to say in 2022, the progressive left wants to teach your five-year-old that he or she can choose their gender. And that indeed, maybe they should choose to become transgender. I mean, this is ludicrous. They're coming after our kids. And so, yeah, we homeschool. You know, it's not an easy thing to do, but it's just such a blessing to make sure that our boys actually get educated and not indoctrinated. Quick commercial break. More with Blake Masters. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them. Sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60 day money back guarantee. All of that available at meaningfulbeauty.com. When you look at the fact like we're one of seven countries that allows abortion on demand after 20 weeks, we look at what happened during children with forcing them to wear masks when adults are taking pictures of them without it, of punishing kids to not be able to go back to schools. Then you look at teachers teaching young children to hate themselves because of the things that are outside of their control, like the you know their, their race or, or whatever. Uh, you know, and then and then you look at this where they're actively sort of grooming children. It's it's just sort of like, what does it say about a society that doesn't protect the most vulnerable and the most innocent? Exactly. It says it's a sick society. I think this is modern liberalism, right? The whole project is to to uh, to liberate every individual. Obviously, we believe in individual rights. Okay, as conservatives, um, but but we also believe in families. We also believe in the nuclear family and, and, and what a special human arrangement that was, right? I literally think that's, that's the divine design, okay? Uh, uh, you know, husband and wife get together and they, they make children. They have this, this family, and that's what a healthy society should support. But if you say that today, man, the left just comes after you because they want – it's this divide-and-conquer strategy. I really believe the modern progressive left, they want to upend everything that we hold dear, starting with the nuclear family. Uh, it's why they make it hard to raise a family on one single income. It's it's why, you know, they criticize you if you have this normative ideal of a strong family. They want to pull every individual apart because individuals are easier to control. If you can weaken the family, you can really uh, make a, a population do whatever you want. And I think that's the left plan. We have to resist it. I totally agree. You know, I, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate I, I think what you're doing is is really important. You know, before we leave, and I've worked on campaigns, so I know how busy you are. <laughs> before, before we go, is there anything you want to leave the audience with? Yeah, maybe just a note of optimism. I think so much uh, optimistic language from politicians usually rings hollow. You know, I've got competitors that do the TV ads that have the electric guitars blaring, and they're like, America's days are, you know, America's best days are right around the corner. And I think that stuff falls hollow. I think, um, I think we have to acknowledge that we're in a tough spot right now. Like truly, I think that we're living in a period of American decline. It's uncomfortable to admit. I think it's uncomfortable to admit how close we are to really losing this country. 
think after decades of playing defense, Republicans, you know, we've unfortunately kind of let the left take over and they they own almost every single institution in this country. But my optimistic note is now it's just clear what we have to do, right? Our backs are against the wall. There's no more room to play defense. Yeah, that's terrifying. But, you know, the, the stakes are high. And this is the best country that's ever existed in the history of the world. We have to fight for it. And, and because we can't play defense anymore, there's only one option, and that's to put a smile on your face, be a happy warrior, and play offense. Let's just be bold. Let's play offense. Let's fight like hell. Let's fight like the future of this country depends on it. And uh, it does. And so that's what I'm doing in Arizona. That's why I know I'm on track to win this primary and to beat Mark Kelly in November. And I think if we all get together and, and, and use our talents and just work really hard, man, we can take back this country. I know we can. It's almost too late, but it's not too late. And I, I think that's the sweet spot. So let me leave you with that note. And uh, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you, Lisa. Blake Masters running for Senate in Arizona. Go check him out. Blake, it's been an honor. I really appreciate your time and keep up the good work. Good luck. Thank you. Will do. So I found that interview fascinating. I hope you did as well. We need more Blake Masters out there, my own personal opinion. I really enjoyed hearing his thoughts. And I so appreciate you guys at home for listening to this podcast. If you enjoy it, tell your friends, spread the message, you know, post it on social media if you don't mind. Leave us a review. You can do that on Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a review. You can rate us five stars. Let us know what you think of the show. You know, I appreciate you guys tuning in. And just a reminder, we're every Monday, we're every Thursday, every single week. You can find us anywhere you find podcasts, uh, iHeart, Apple, Spotify, the list goes on. I also just want to thank, as always, my producer, John Cassio. We work really hard to bring this to you. It's just us. So I appreciate his work and I appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume free, safe to use inside and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.